Hello, this is Jane Stavum, Superintendent of the Sioux Falls School District, and this is our podcast. Join us for an audible look inside the Sioux Falls School District, where we'll put a spotlight on the people, places, and practices of our district. Well, Casey and Boyd, this is our first official podcast, so I'm kind of hoping you don't screw it up for us because, you know, if people are going to listen, it's kind of all dependent upon you today. No, no pressure there. Are you feeling comfortable so far? Have I put you at ease? A little nervous. <laughs> I'm pretty used to screwing things up, so we're good to go. (laughs) Well, this is a conversation, and as I characterize this podcast, I think in school districts, we often see a lot of presentations. We give them in board meetings. We give them in community meetings. But we don't often have conversations that are visible to people. And so as I learn about the district, we wanted to invite our community to learn along with me as I talk to different people in our district. Some will be staff members like you, some might be parents, might be students, and just anybody who is connected to our district and helps us uh, get the work done for kids every day. So welcome to the first podcast. So I uh, met both of you this summer when I came and everything was really in full gear. And um, Dr. Perkins, one of the first things that I heard that made me nervous was the band nearby. I could hear them out practicing in the morning. Talk a little bit about some of those first activities um, in fine arts where people were really kind of figuring it out as they went and some of the first things that happened that helped us learn about what to do. Well, it was an interesting summer trying to learn about how the virus spread and what we can do to mitigate that. And can we have activities. I mean, that was probably the first question we were trying to figure out, and obviously the school district decided we were going to offer activities, and we um, did some research, and our our national associations did some research. The National Association for Music Education and also the National Association of High School Associations, NFHS, did a, commissioned a, along with a lot of other organizations, commissioned a study which researched aerosols that come out of musical instruments and singers and so what they came up with through that is ways to mitigate the spread of aerosols they don't know 100 percent how contagious the aerosols are that come through a musical instrument or from a singer but they do know that they can mitigate the spreading of aerosols we wear um, what we call bell mask or a, a, a cover over all of the musical instrument bells and of course the students are in masks when they're not playing. They pull them down to play or they have a slit cut in them too. So basically we had a spit problem we had to deal with. Is that a better way of saying aerosols? I'm a girl who sang and I played an instrument. I played the French horn or trumpet. You always had to empty your spit. Spit's kind of a big deal when you're trying to mitigate aerosols. Actually that's that's actually easier (laughs) to control than the aerosols because the aerosol is the... It's true. Comes out the bell and you can't see it and the the, uh, the moisture out of the instrument yes. is controllable, and we actually um, are using puppy pads to absorb that in the, bu- in the rooms. So some creative uses of stuff, which yeah. is just one of many things that we put in play. You know, when you were talking about that initially, I think I gave the example of when I was in college choir, I stood in the front row in the center, and during the intermission, we would come out and the back of my head would be wet because everybody's aerosols or spit would be flying down on my head, and so I know what that looks like. So those are just some of the um, intricate problems that we had to deal with and things Mm -hmm. 
like covers on bells of musical instruments yeah. and spacing people apart in rooms that were not yeah. designed and we to have space them, kids uh, apart. Yeah, and we have the kids spaced out more than usual. Um, the the music rooms, interestingly enough, part of the study also covered the aerosols that are in the air in the rooms. And so that was very interesting mm-hmm. to learn how that spreads in a room. Well, interestingly enough, our music rooms in our district are equipped with very high-end uh, filtration and air exchange. Mm-hmm. And so they're exchanging, they're completely exchanged the air in the room five, between five and six times an hour, which is at least twice typical impressive. of a building. Yeah. It is. And that... That definitely helps with the with the air exchange in those rooms, mm-hmm. with the uh, getting the aerosol out. We also have um, portable HEPA filters in the room as well. Yeah, those all help, and and we're going to come back to it in just a minute. I want to hear from you, Casey. But those were some of the logistical things, and um, let's talk about those. And then we're going to come back to kind of the feeling side of it and the people side of it. So, Casey, one of the first times I saw you, we were over at Howard Wood Field, and you were on the opposite side of the field putting hazard tape on every other row, and it was about 95 degrees, and you were on the west side, I believe, or you were on the east side with the west sun on you. And I thought, wow, that's commitment right there. You and one of our, our school ADs were out there putting that tape down. And I think it lasted about the entire season. Did you have to go back and redo any of it? Yeah. I mean, for, we were fortunate that it did last the majority of the season. But mm-hmm. every week we had to repair a few certain spots where where we had people that kind of messed with it and all that type <laughs> of stuff. But it was well worth it. Um, it provided a safe opportunity for our kids to yep. compete and our adult fans to come mm-hmm. into a safe environment. I've, I felt like uh, our student body and, and all of our adult spectators this year felt like they had a safe environment to come and watch our, our students compete and yeah. participate in soccer and football at Howard Wood Field. I wondered when I came to my first game, I thought, ugh, you know, are we just going to be doing battle this whole year with kids and fans putting on masks? You know, the, the big mask thing has just been front and center everywhere. And I remember, I think I was at Roosevelt, one of the first volleyball games I went to, and they were handing out masks, and kids were in masks, and they were telling each other to put a mask on. I thought, wow, I was so, I was so impressed. And really, it, it, it just kind of became part of the culture of, of what kids did then at the activities. And um, kids holding each other accountable, and we know that's probably one of the more powerful things that has happened along the way is, is just peer-to-peer. But... Talk a little bit about some of the other logistical things. I mean, you've got kids coming into locker rooms, and you've got fans coming from other places and teams coming from other places. What was it like to try to coordinate that? Yeah, it was a, it was a big team effort. Um, there was a lot of communication, a lot of collaboration between all of our departments and our people here in the Sioux Falls School District, as well as our medical providers in the community. We're very fortunate in the town that we live that we do have uh, some very good resources right at our fingertips and Mm -hmm. we we tapped into those um, with the city with Avera and Sanford our health services department here in the Sioux Falls School District Mm -hmm. our coaches and our ADs we all put our minds together we collaborated and we came out with a plan and there's a lot of logistics that came into that plan you're looking Mm -hmm. at busing and where you when you're loading from back to front and then front to back on on the unload and no eating on the buses and where can you eat and all those type Mm -hmm. of things and how do you enter a locker room and 
going in from group A, B, and C, you know, and, and getting them in and out mm-hmm. and changing in five minutes and creating drop zones and all the different type of facilities that we have. So we turned over every rock that we thought, and, and we didn't catch everything, and mm-hmm. you learn it as you go. And uh, But I, I think it provided safe opportunities for our kids, and I'm very proud of what we did, but it's all worth it. Like you said, I, I was extremely proud of our students and our community mm-hmm. and in their willingness to help us out and provide those opportunities and ultimately it, it, it wasn't our number one goal to have those activities our number one goal is to stay in traditional learning environment yeah so we really wanted to stay in that traditional learning and that was our number one goal we um, really tried to portray to our coaches and our students and they bought into that yeah. and, and I think that was one out. of the things that we we talked about early on too is we didn't want to undo everything that we were trying to do during the school day with what happened after school and before school and I think that was kind of a dilemma that we all thought oh you know if we're if we're counterproductive you know during other parts of our day this isn't going to help us with our kind of critical mission. But for both of you, was there ever a point along the way where you just thought, this is too hard, we just need to cancel everything because there's just too many things. I mean, I had that thought along the way. It's like, what are we doing here? Because I don't know if we can really attend to every last detail that there is to attend to. For me, I realized that about middle of July. Hmm. Really asked myself, is this sustainable? I mean, yeah. the amount of work that our ADs are doing right now mm-hmm. to, to make sure that we're doing the close contact tracing, because really, essentially, what we did is we took over the Department of Health close contact yeah. tracing in our in our athletic department. Mm-hmm. Um, but then our, our principals came on board. We started the school and back-to-school stuff, and then it just really kind of, it was a team effort and really coming together, and then it it really settled it yeah. down for me. And then you see our kids in our activities yep. and being at practice Makes it and all where worth they it. should be and the smiles on their faces. Yeah. Very rewarding. Boyd, do you it, want to give up? Yeah, it's extremely rewarding. That's right. Yeah, and the summer was, I have to admit, it was pretty stressful because I was trying to work that, trying to work a plan, never done it before. And mm-hmm. just a lot of the information is that you're getting at that point is unproven or contradicted somewhere else and so you're trying to do the best you can to come up with a plan that worked and at that point I don't even have teachers that are in the building so I can't bounce anything off them very easily Mm -hmm. so yeah we were coming up with that plan this summer was was uh was very challenging and I never felt like we couldn't do it I I I knew we could do it but I I I would be lying if I wasn't didn't say (laughs) I was nervous going into Mm -hmm. the fall not knowing of course, your mind always races to the worst case scenario. And yeah. you, if you, did I make a mistake and now we're going to have yeah. a big problem? But you yeah. never really did. So. I think the weight of that for everybody is, you know, what if we do something wrong and what if it results in something catastrophic? And that's, that's something that I think everybody everywhere, whether it's businesses or school districts or hospitals, you know, everybody is wanting to do it right. And when you mentioned, you know, we were waiting for a magic study to come out that was going to kind of help us with the fine arts aspect of it. And then I think when we got it, it was like, oh, okay, I think we kind of already knew a lot of mm-hmm. this, but it confirmed it. And everybody was looking for that information source or that playbook that just simply didn't exist. And so we had to do a lot of that. You know, I've said about both of your positions and the people who um, work on our activities and athletics in the schools. The better you are at your job, the more it looks like you don't do anything. 
And I had um, some great athletic directors along the way, and people would complain that they didn't do anything, and they didn't realize it's because they make it look so effortless because of all the work that goes into it. And I, I felt that when I went to our events and when I would see kids you know, playing in, a, in the marching band or you know, playing the sport, I thought, wow, you know, everything looks so seamless. Well, it's just because of the ton of work that's gone into that. And people often don't see the backside of that. So I'm really proud, too. I think it's been a great accomplishment. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things that you heard from uh, coaches or teachers or sponsors and the kids, because I think, you know, everybody kind of came to that first practice. I remember we were over at Lincoln when the first football practice was starting and they had stations set up at the door. And um, I remember seeing the drum line heading out to the field, and I thought, I wonder what those kids are thinking right now and what those people who are doing kind of the first version of this, what, what, what was happening with them? Some of the first conversations I heard is you, you, you're nervous because you're, you're asking them to wear a mask and do all this stuff that's not normal, but they really challenge themselves to think out of, outside the box. And our kids were just telling us, Hey, just tell us whatever we have to do. We just want to be here. We mm-hmm. want to be in school. We want to be at our activities. So whatever we have to do, we want to do it, and we'll do it. Uh, that's what I was extremely proud of our kids. So that's what I heard from our, our mm-hmm. kids um, and, our, and our coaches, really the same thing. How do we keep our kids safe? How do we enter into this and, and provide a start mm-hmm. and an end to our season? So really that's kind of what we heard in all that. Now there's same feelings that we had, nervousness, all that stuff. How long mm-hmm. is this going to last and all that type of stuff. But once we got into it and we got into school and we saw how our kids were responding with the mask and, and going down the hallways one way and sitting spaced apart in our student sections and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it really became, all right, we can do this. And then it just kind of snowballed and we yeah. got to this point. And now we're we're starting the same thing in winter and, and our coaches are asking the same thing. Well, yeah, how long is this going to last? And then you uh, add winter travel and Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. Christmas and all this uh, news media that's coming out saying that, hey, there's going to be huge spikes, you know, mm-hmm. so it kind of creates some uneasiness. So I'm, I'm really actually, our kids are excited about doing it and not really buying into that. And they're just really keeping their focus on what can we do to compete and stay in school. And that's that, that's following the procedures that are in place by the school district yeah. and, and our CDC. So. Yeah, I've heard kids um, in my advisory group talking about we're doing this for each other, and it's really a cultural thing that's happened in our schools. What What were you hearing from students and teachers as you kind of just got things started? Overwhelming majority, uh, they were just thrilled to be back and just very mm-hmm. excited to be back together, even in an altered state. setting. <laughs> yeah, altered state too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, it has a psychological approach. Uh, yeah. messages with everyone psychologically. There's no question about it. But they, they were just thankful to be back. I, there are some that are more nervous than others, but by and large, they were just thrilled to be back and back to school. It, one of the silver linings of this, I think um, people realize how special school is mm-hmm. once you don't have it. Yeah, my heart um, aches when I think of yeah. the kids who still haven't been able to do any of their activities this year. And you, know, you can yeah. simulate some things online or in a virtual environment, but it's still not the same. Um, I sat at, at, at a band uh, event and 
pretty much fought tears the entire time just because of the way music moves you and to be there live with that and feeling that and knowing that our kids have been able to experience that, the camaraderie that comes with being on a team and getting to have that connection with other kids that you're gonna miss otherwise. You know, when we think back to our memories and you know the teams that we were part of or the, the performing groups, you can't replicate that in a virtual environment. And those are the things that have a lasting, lifelong um, effect on who you are and what you do and what you um, become, I think. So, you know, many of the things that we've done this year have been for kind of short term, um, what can we do this year? What I don't think we have thought much about or realized is what it produces five years, 10 years, 30 years from now um, that we've also been, you know, kind of concerned about. So um, lessons learned. What have we learned from the first half of the school year? What, do we, what are we going to keep forever and what do we hope to never have to do again? And, and what do we know for second semester? I think what we know is that we can do this. Mm -hmm. We're going to make it. We can, we can make this work. We'll have our ups and downs. Some things will be altered, but it's like you said, it's much, much better than sitting at home and trying to do it from home. Our, our students, I already see how much our students have benefited from being back in school. Mm -hmm. And from a, just from a psychological standpoint, the, it's hard on people yeah. when they're, I mean, it may be, it might be hard when you're in school, but it's way harder when you're not and, and at home and your kids are not getting their education like they should and everything. Mm -hmm. I, I think we know that we can get through this and we will get through this and we'll be stronger because of it. I know in terms of our fine arts courses, and it's all the courses actually, our, our teachers are much, are going to be much better from a technology standpoint mm -hmm. than before they started. And it, it, it forced them to have to do it. And sometimes with that technology, there's such an upfront time you have to invest in mm -hmm. it that sometimes you need to be forced to do it. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of provided that our teachers will be better. It's kind once of a this quantum leap. Mm -hmm. Our teachers will be better after this is over. I know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Casey, lessons yeah, learned? You know, it has reaffirmed the, the value that these activities bring to our students and, and our parents here in the Sioux Falls School District. But, mm -hmm. you know, just for us, the learning, and we had to keep the goals short and, and really keep it, hey, we're here for traditional learning. That's our number one goal. Let's get through the fall. Let's not put this into a year thing. And I think that's really benefited us mm -hmm. um, to get through the fall. Um, but there are some logistical things like game management and all those type of things where like, we really like this, mm -hmm. you know, and some of our coaches and the pregame and all that type of stuff. And like volleyball, for instance, not changing the benches in between each match. Yeah. A lot of our coaches and our students really liked it. And it's one that's being talked about staying in mm. that. And I think it makes a lot of sense because you, you mm -hmm. just play the game and you don't switch the benches and it's just time saved. So little logistical things like that. But I would agree with Boyd. I, I think our coaches have really responded and they're better mm -hmm. now. Just less is more and just focusing on those relationships and just being thankful for each other in, in our practices and mm -hmm. our games and just I think it's really helped our kids and our coaches come together so I think they're going to be better coaches and I think they're going to be better student athletes in in the long run and just really mm -hmm. cherish what is a value and that's that's being here together yeah yeah a lot of things learned and um, a lot of teamwork to make all of this happen and really um, it's been focused on kids and we're just so thankful. We're, 
we're appreciative to everybody who's had a part in making the first round work here in the first semester. So thanks to both of you. Casey Miley and Boyd Perkins, two people in our district who make activities for our kids come alive and help us to keep connected as a community. And so we're so glad you could join us again. First official podcast, many more to come with conversations that um, keep Sioux Falls School District a great place for kids to learn. Thank you.